Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Worshipping early, I just felt this surge of faith in the house. Did you feel that? And I felt the Holy Spirit say, hey, there's some people, when the, when the cyclone comes through and the clouds and the rain and the storm, and everything just gets tipped upside down. And I felt the Lord say, there's a few people here that have felt like that. The enemy's contended against your mind and your heart, and things have just been pressing against you. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, the name of Jesus is so powerful. He can bring peace in the storm. He can cause a settling. He can cause you to focus back on him and his freedom instead of being consumed and focused on the storm and all the negative stuff, the depression, the discouragement. And I just felt the Lord say, we just need to lift that off. Lift that off by faith. Let's reach up to heaven right now, just for a moment before I preach the word. There's some people here and it's like your mind has just been pressured. There have been circumstances happening the last few weeks. You're saying, why on earth is this going on? The enemy has been contending with you and your vision and plan and dream. But today, I believe that Jesus is lifting that off of people's souls. He's getting your focus back again on the goodness and blessing of God, reminding you that in Christ we are overcomers and no storm can blow you off course. No storm can rob from you the purpose of God. And right now, I believe for a lifting of that. For some of you, you need to just put your hand on your forehead and as if you're lifting off a band of oppression or you're lifting off something that's been consuming your mind or your heart. And I just believe you need to take that and lift it off and lift it to God. And I lift off right now that oppression, that depression, that discouragement in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for freedom in this house right now. I thank you right now for the freedom of Christ. I thank you, Jesus, for a lifting of that. And we can see and focus on you and your peace and your freedom and your joy. And I thank you, Lord, as we head into Easter, there's going to be just release and breakthrough and freedom. I see it right now. I see your mind clearing. You're going to start to remember the promises of God again. He's releasing hope again in your soul today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Let's take our seats. God is so, so good. Wow. Wow. On uh, Thursday, we'd been invited to go down and hear Bill Johnson and other ministries in Brisbane, and that was the day the storm sort of came through, sort of came through. I woke up that morning, Mary Lynn's ringing me because she was already on the Sunshine Coast for a funeral, and other people are ringing me, but I felt the Lord say, just go. Everybody's saying, don't go on the roads, but I looked at the radar and thought, no, I've got a window just to get through before it comes. Sure enough, we did. We dodged everything, but we got there. We had the most amazing time, and we got there, and then everything sort of broke loose in Brisbane, but then we got home the next day, and I thought, Lord, I just knew I had to go, and and there was just an encounter with the presence of God, and God stirred my heart again to keep lifting our vision. Don't be intimidated. And sometimes we just let fear and intimidation rob us. But I said, no way. I was wise, didn't do anything silly, but we went through and encountered God. And one of the uh, speakers said, actually two of them said, the person with the most hope has the most influence. And all of a sudden it got in my heart. I thought, the person who has the most hope in a room has the most influence. The person in a family that carries the most hope through their words actions and their dreams and vision they're the one that people will eventually listen to because when you carry hope it shines it brings life 
And so many people are swamped by fear, discouragement, anxiety, consumed by all sorts of pain and and disappointments over our lives. But as believers, Christ has come and already taken all that on the cross. And I believe God wants to stir our hearts that those who carry the most hope will end up having the most influence. And I've proven that to be true over and over in my life and as a church. I go to Chamber of Commerce breakfast and I just sit down at a table and see who comes and sits with me. And then I just chat. Some of them I don't even know the business people, but I get to know them. And I just look for an opportunity to sow some hope into their lives. And there's one real estate agent there. One day, about eight months ago, I sat down and he was full of doom and gloom because he hasn't sold anything for ages and the economy was struggling. And I just started chatting. I just started sowing some hope. Sowing some hope. And after about 10 minutes, you could see his face lift. And as he's leaving, he says, wow, we're going to have a great day, aren't we? Now, every time he sees me, his smile comes on his face and he remembers that there's hope. And now they're doing better again in the business. But I thought, wow, the power of hope. I don't even know him, didn't preach to him, just shared hope into his world. I thought, wow, carrying hope. And that's what God has given. Hope attracts God's solutions. Because when you have hope in your heart, it's like you're lifting up your heart and mind to start to believe for breakthrough. You're saying, hey, I can make this. Our family can go through and survive. Be filled with infectious, powerful hope. Biblical hope is not just wishful thinking or optimism, but a confident expectation. So it's not just, you know, we hope it's going to be a fine day or we hope we get some rain. That's more wishful thinking. Bible hope is confident expectation. That's why it's connected with faith. Now, faith is a substance of things. Hopeful. If you don't have hope, you can't exercise faith so powerful. If you lose hope, your faith has got nothing to build on. And so hope is what the enemy will try and rob from you first. Before he'll challenge your faith, he'll try and rob your hope because then faith has got nothing to stand on. That's what the Bible says. And often we forget, well, it's, it's more than just positive thinking or being an extrovert and uh, believing for a breakthrough. It is something that comes from the heart of God. I want to share some scriptures today to remind us of how powerful it is. What happens when your hopes get delayed or dashed? Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. We've all had that happen in our lives. Well, you've hoped for just some breakthrough in your family or with a health situation or finances, and it gets delayed and delayed, and then it seems to be denied. And you could, some people just get sick, heartbroken, and they get sick. Whereas it says, when it's fulfilled, it's a tree of life. Ephesians 2.12 says, Remember at that, that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in this world. Wow, without hope and without God in this world. That was the, the Gentiles, and, and they were separate. There was no way they could be connected to the kingdom of God. But Jesus broke down that wall and he invited everyone. He said, God so loved the world. That includes you and I, everyone. And it says they were without hope and without God. Without God, there's no long-term hope. You can have short-term goals, but there's no long-term hope without God in our lives. And I think, wow, Lord, you are amazing. Psalm 42.5 says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Saviour and my God. We all get discouraged. We all get overwhelmed at times. 
That's being human. We, we sometimes not sure how to move forward with confidence. But it says, don't let it consume and overwhelm yourself. Don't be downcast. What's a downcast person? They're looking down instead of looking up. They're just looking down all the time. But God lifts our head. And it says, why so disturbed within me? That's where your stomach's churning and your anxieties are overwhelming you. But it says, put your hope in God. Because once you start to put your hope in God, you've got to start lifting your head. You've got to start to think differently. You start to come to the open heaven of God and all of a sudden things start to shift. And what seemed so gloomy and impossible, all of a sudden a pathway starts to come. Hope starts to come. All of a sudden you say, I'm not without hope, without God. I'm with God and now I've got hope because He's the God of hope in our lives. I will yet praise Him. How do you renew and strengthen your hope? Let's have a look at a few ways to do it. Number one, obviously the Word of God is full of promises and hope. I don't know how many times you're a bit discouraged, but when you open the Bible, and, and no matter where you are in the Bible, whether you're in the book of Acts and there's action everywhere, or you're in the book of Leviticus looking at the burnt sacrifices, God can still touch your heart. I'm in my devotions, I'm going through the Old Testament, I'm in the book of Leviticus, I open up this morning, there, God, you have to show me something there, this. And in the first two chapters, God spoke to me so powerfully that when they bought a sacrifice, it had to be the best. I thought, wow, that's a good thought. God, we bring our best to God and we give Him our best, not what's left over. And so I'm reading through Leviticus where all the laws and God speaks to you wherever you are because the Word of God is alive. And it says in Romans 15, 4, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. There it is. The Word of God will always give you hope. Even if it's challenging you, hope will come because the Holy Spirit is there inspiring the Word. Psalm 130 verse 5, the psalmist wrote, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in His Word I put my hope. Wow. So you need to read the Word, get the promises, let it stir your heart, because let me tell you, hope will come alive. I heard of a, a lady many years ago, and she was a backslidden Christian, hadn't walked for God for years, and God started to get on her case because everything started to fall apart, and she, she thought, I'll just pull out the Psalms because it, it might connect with my broken soul. She was raised in Sunday school. She pulled out the Psalms. She started to read Psalm 1. By the time she got to Psalm 50, she couldn't put it down, and she encountered God, and her life turned around. Something just drew her in, and because uh, the psalmist shared his brokenness, his pain, his overwhelm. And by the time she got to Psalm 50, she realized she needed Jesus, and she got her life sorted, came back to church, and has not step, stopped going to church since, and following God. The Word of God is full of hope. What about Romans 4.18? Our friend Abraham, this is just amazing. It says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. There was no reason how him and his wife, Sarah, could have a child when he was 100 and she was 90. Physically, it was impossible. But God had given the promise when he was 75, when he was a young guy, and said, you're going to have a son and, and you're going to have all these thousands and millions of descendants, which became the Jewish nation. The promise came when he was 75 and Sarah was 65. Still a little bit late for having kids. Took them 25 years of believing before it happened. 
when every possibility that could happen against all hope, he kept hoping, saying, well, God, you said it. This is going to be an amazing story. Wait for the videotape on this one. This is going to be an amazing story. And that's what it is. Against all hope, when it was totally impossible. If God's given you a word, it can still happen. If you don't lose your hope. If you don't lose your hope, don't give up because God calls it. It says, Abraham and hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. See, the word of God was his promise. That's what kept him going. But was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded. Well, some of us get partially persuaded when we're in church and the faith atmosphere. And we're only a little bit persuaded by Wednesday during the week when we have all the discouragement. By Saturday, you're thinking, God, could it ever happen? You come back to church, we need to live different lives than that. So you don't run out during the week, but you get fired up because you start speaking hope to others and hope grows. The more you share hope with others, the more it stays alive in your heart. I've learned the more you give away, the more God fills you. And it works with hope as well. So just keep pouring hope into others and you'll see God will make sure you've got more than enough for your soul. But he was strengthened in faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. That is why it was credited to him as righteousness. So number one, if you want to get more hope and strengthen, make sure you get a good diet of the Word of God. Keep the Word in your heart. Number two, we need to make room and connect with the Holy Spirit like we were singing and worshiping this morning. This is a beautiful verse, Romans 15, 13, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, along with about 300 others. May the God of hope, there it is, God's a God of hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow, if you are one that gets discouraged, disappointed, drained quickly, this is your verse for the week and for the rest of the year. Let me tell you, if you can get this in your soul, you will turn from being a person that's always looking at there's not enough and how we're going to make it, you will turn to be someone that hope's going to start to stir and people will say, what's happened to you? Because you've got connected to the Holy Spirit of God who's revealing the God of hope to your soul. Wow, this is so powerful. Let's read again. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, as Troy was sharing, And as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope. This is not just enough for you to get through. Not just enough for you to make it through the next week or the next month. But you're going to be overflowing with hope. And when you're overflowing, guess what? It's going to be more than enough for everyone else to get some as well. It's just going to overflow. It'll come out of your conversations. It'll come out in your actions of caring and kindness. It will come out in your attitudes. Doesn't mean you don't have some tough days, but you can say, wow, I'm not sure why this storm is happening, but I know that God's the God of hope and He's going to turn this around for good and we're going to find a way forward. That's what hope is. It will come out in your souls. And it says, by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's something happens when you pray in, in the heavenly language that God's given you. There's something that happens when you embrace and invite the Holy Spirit to lead you and direct your life and you obey His leading. Something happens. 
you move and you stay in a place of spiritual life and overflow, that people will say, how do you do that? Not just your personality, it is because you've tapped into the Holy Spirit of God. Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. We've seen a few rivers running these last week. Rivers of living water and there's overflow. Romans 5, 5 says, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The Holy Spirit will help stir your heart. He knows exactly what's going on inside of you, around you, and He can just release that hope, that flow that comes in your heart and your soul. The message version, I love this, Romans 5, 2 to 5 in the message. By entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us, set us right with Him, make us fit for Him, we have it all together with God because of our Master Jesus. And that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that He's already thrown open His door to us. Wow, isn't that a beautiful picture? We start to worship, open our hearts saying, God, I'm going to trust you. And as we do, we find he's already there with open heart and open doors already saying, come on in. Let's, let's see changed lives. Let's encounter the power and presence of God. Then it goes on. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand. Out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. Wow, that's what happens here on Sundays, and that's what can happen every day of your life, in your home, in your workplace, in our neighborhood. Wow, I love that picture. We come with wide open hearts, and God's already there with a wide open door waiting for us. Some people have this picture that God's against them, and He's just mean, and He's just waiting for you to trip up and say, I told you so. No, God's got an open heart drawing us. There's more to come. Wow. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience in us. Passionate patience. What a word picture that is. <laughs> passionate patience. Not frustrated. Oh, God, how are we going to make it? God can develop passionate patience in us because we know how troubles can develop that and how that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue. Wow, wow, the tempered steel of virtue. Becoming as alert for whatever God will do next. In alert expectancy such as this, we've never fe left feeling shortchanged. Wow, quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers to build to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. Wow, wow, wow. Some of us, we think, oh God, are we going to make it? Do we have enough? Here's the amazing picture that God says, I've got so much hope and love and blessing and life to pour out. You just don't have enough containers. Reminds of the widow in the Old Testament. You know, she was about to run out and make her last meal and feed her son. Then they said, we're going to die. And the prophet comes, says, hey, Make you do a cake for us first. But says, get some vessels. So they round up all the vessels they can find in their house and they start pouring the olive oil and it never stops. She says, whoa, this is awesome. Son, go and find some more. So they're knocking all the neighbors' houses and say, we want some more vessels, some more containers. 
because she thought, wow, this is awesome, because olive oil was very expensive in those days. So they went and rounded up every vessel they could find, and they filled up every one to the full, and then they said, there's no more vessels left in the whole village. We've grabbed everyone's. And they all stopped when they ran out of vessels. I thought, what a picture is that? Vessels speak about lives or hearts that God wants to fill all of us with His Spirit and overflow. And there's no limit to it. The only limit is when it stops, when we stop inviting people and connecting people to Jesus. Wow, wow. Let's go and find some more vessels. Let's make sure our hearts are full and overflowing and let it just pour out of us because the more you share this hope and life, the more God will just fill and transform people around us. What an amazing picture. God, help us not to be small-minded. Just be thinking about ourselves. God, give me enough to get me through another week. God, let me so overflow with your love and hope that I can just infectiously touch everyone around me this week. That's a whole different mindset, isn't it? Because God's called us to transform our community. It's not what happens in our heart and in our walls alone. It's what can we do with God's Spirit across our world? Any hope the Christian has comes from God. Hope cannot be created by human effort. It is God's gift by His Spirit. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So number one, the Word of God will bring hope. Number two, making room for the Spirit to flow. And thirdly, faith, hope and love are connected. So when you get love flowing, often hope flows. And when faith comes, there's, it's founded on love. So I'm amazed how many times faith, hope and love are mentioned together in the Bible. Some of you can think of some of them. 1 Corinthians 13, now abides... Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. But if you don't have hope, it's interesting, hope's in the middle. Faith, hope, and love. Because hope, hope will continue to be a foundation for faith to rise on. And if you keep hope in your heart, you'll keep loving. But if you get disappointed and offended and you don't have hope that God can change them, you'll pull back from sharing the love. Hope, it's like the, the pivotal point underneath that faith and hope come out of like that triangle. And that's an amazing, amazing truth. In the message it says in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, but for right now, until that completeness, we have three things to do to lead us towards that consummation. Trust steadily in God, hope unswervingly, not like some of us drivers in the wet weather, love extravagantly. Wow. If you're going to do it, trust steadily, have your faith in God, Hope unswervingly and love extravagantly. And the best of these three is love. The Amplified says, And now there remains faith, abiding trust in God and His promises, hope, confident expectation of eternal salvation, and love, unselfish love for others growing out of God's love for me. These three, the choicest graces, but the greatest of these is love. Wow. Colossians 1, 3 to 5 gives another picture of faith, hope and love working together. We always thank God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven. Here's another picture that faith and love are on either side and hope is the spring that keeps you bouncing up and down and the faith and love keep reaching out. Anyone ever jump on one of those pogo sticks when they were... Someone gave me one 
And that was a really dangerous escapade. I got about three steps and it always ended on my face and my back. So I, I gave up as a bad idea after about 15 minutes before I killed myself. And I thought, they are dangerous things. But it put a spring in your step. <laughs> but you couldn't control it without a lot of practice. But here it says, hope is like a spring in your soul. Don't let your spring get rusty. Don't let it be a small one. Because I reckon if you let hope grow, it'll get stronger and your faith and love will flow more freely in your soul. Very, very powerful. It says that the hope stored up in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true gospel of message of the gospel. And the message it says, we kept getting reports on your steady faith in Christ, our Jesus, and the love you continuously extend to all Christians. The lines of purpose in your lives never grow slack, tightly tied as they are to your future in heaven. Keep taught by hope. What another beautiful picture. Hope will keep you focused and strong in your faith and your love. There's several others about hope and love together. 1 Thessalonians 1, 3 says, Remember before God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Hope will keep you going when everything else runs out. Someone said you can live up to 40 days without food, up to three days without water, up to eight minutes without air, and no more than eight seconds without hope. And I thought, that's a pretty powerful picture. If anyone's ever totally lost hope, it's a, it's a very empty, potentially destructive place. But God is the God of hope. 1 Thessalonians 5.8 says, But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Why? Because your mind is where the battleground is. So you need a helmet of salvation, who we are in Christ, over your mind so it doesn't go down negative tracks but goes down hope-filled tracks. And we need our mind renewed over and over again so it lives faith and hope tracks, not anxiety and negative and discouraging and overwhelming tracks, which is what our human nature will tend to unless it's infused with the God of hope. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says, love always protects, trust always hopes. Always hopes? Really? You don't know my family. Always hopes? You don't know the people I work with. It says, it can always hope. Always perseveres. The message says, love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. Wow. And it endures everything without weakening. God, is that really true? I believe it is and can be for our lives. And some of you have proved this over and over again. I've met some people, they were very negative, down, discouraged people. And when they got saved, something, it was like a switch turned on. And then over the coming weeks, months and years, their whole perspective on life was so different. The family said, it's hard to believe what's happened. They were so grumpy and negative. And now, they've just got this energy and hope and life. And even when difficult things come, they don't stay there long. They, they spring out of it like the spring of hope. That's the power that the Holy Spirit has brought us, the God of hope. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Here's a picture for all the fishermen about anchors. 
It's an amazing picture because it's upside down, like a whole pile of things in the kingdom of God are upside down to our world. Hebrews 6.18 says, God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. If you take a hold of hope for your life, you'll be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul. Wow. You've been out in a boat and there's a current running and you're catching some fish and next minute you look, you've drifted about three kilometers because you're busy and you realize your anchor's not holding. It's just dragging in the sand. Even worse, if it's snapped off, (laughs) you're in real trouble then. It can happen so quickly. But here we have this hope's an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. Whoa, what happened here? The anchor's not down in the sand. The anchor of hope extends up into the presence of God through the veil that's been torn by the finished work of the cross and your anchor now is stuck in the presence of God and it won't let you go. What an amazing picture that is. So when you worship, when you trust God with your life, no matter what's happening, it says, I've got an anchor and God's rope don't broke. His chain's not going to be rusted out. It's going to hang in there no matter what you live through. We've got an anchor that's through the veil into the presence of God. What a beautiful picture. I just love the word when you look at all the pictures that God gives us. Mental hooks so that you can take a hold of and not lose it. The Amplified in verse 19 says, Now we have this hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It cannot slip and it cannot break down under whatever steps out upon it. A hope that reaches further and enters into the very certainty of the presence within the veil. Wow. I saw that years ago. I thought, that is an amazing upside-down picture to show that God's greater than any circumstance. And there's a way for us to walk through the disappointments and pain. And stuff happens. The enemy contends with us. Let me tell you, he's been contending with some people these last weeks and months. Since the beginning of the year, I stepped up and said, this is going to be an awesome year of breakthrough. And all heaven and hell's broken loose ever since. We've had challenges. Maryland's had three operations in the last three years. I've had five broken bones and a torn Achilles. And and I'm thinking, what on earth is going on? Because we live healthy lives. I don't blame the devil for everything. But I know that he contends with our hope and our faith. Because he's really scared of what's happening in this church and this community. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. The Spirit of God is bringing a kingdom breakthrough. And the Bible says, I'm going to share tonight on the awe of God. Don't ever lose your awe of life and of God. Because when you do, life gets boring and mundane and you'll end up doing dumb stuff. But when you have the awe of God in your life, when you look into a baby's face, when you look at a sunset, when you see the clouds, when you see a transformed life, when you see hope come where someone had lost all hope, that brings an awe in your life. When you see a miracle before your eyes, it brings an awe that will never leave you. You can't stay in the place you used to be. And we're going to see the supernatural of God. We're going to see the kingdom of life where you listen to a song played and your heart rises in awe. 
you hear someone sing, you think, wow. You see someone's life totally healed in front of you, you think, God, you're awesome. Let me never settle back to a normal lifestyle, whatever normal is in this world. Because in God, the natural and the supernatural, they blend together because He just lives in one world. We live in two, He lives in one. Just like time, God's not controlled by time like we are. The supernatural and natural are one world for Him, so it's no big deal for a miracle to happen. For him to provide. We're the ones who wrestle with it because we live in a limited mindset. But when you let your hope rise up to the kingdom of God, you'll step from the natural into kingdom life, whatever that looks like, and it becomes a natural way to do it. Oh, Lord, you're calling us to step up, to step forward, not to step back. Just keep moving forward. To wrap it up today, I want to encourage you to share the hope that you have. Say, well, I don't have all the answers. No. If you've been saved for more than 10 minutes, you've got a hope that someone else doesn't have. If God's answered any prayer in your life, you've got a hope that they don't have. If He's brought provision and healing and opened up a job for you, you've got a hope that others don't have. Oh, God. And I've learned the more I share it, the more He adds to me. The more I pray for people, the more His Spirit flows. We think we're going to run out. We don't. It just increases. This is the upside-down world of God. In the natural, if you've got a, a bottle of water and you pour it out, then it's empty. In God's kingdom, the more you pour it out, the more you have, and He keeps filling it up. It's, that's the faith realm that we, we don't understand how that works. But the quicker we do, let me tell you, your life changes. The more you give away love and hope and resource to the kingdom and to people in need, it keeps on flowing. He'll give you wisdom how to manage it so that there's an overflow. Oh, Jesus. Psalm 65.5 says, You answer us with awesome and righteous deeds. God our Savior, the hope of all the ends of the earth, and of the Father of Seas. Come on down, worship team. Let's stand in His presence today. Oh. Oh, Jesus. Let's put our books down and our iPads, whatever we use. For the next five minutes before we finish our service, I just want us to let hope arise in your soul. If it hasn't already been stirred through the Word, which I hope it has been, I want you for a moment to think your situation now. We've talked about Abraham and some of the amazing. But what's your situation? How, how overflowing is the hope of God in your life right now? How, how overflowing is it? Or is it up and down and in and out? Do I just get consumed so quickly on all the negative pressures of life? We have to face them. But Jesus truly is the hope of all hearts. Remember that song we used to sing? The hope of all hearts is you. The hope of all hearts. It's true. Easter is the greatest time of hope for the world. And yet most people, they've got no idea the hope that Christ is. Let's close our eyes and just take a moment. I want you to thank God for a moment for the hope that He's put in your soul. 
the times where you think, wow, how's this going to work out? And then you come to the other side and you think, wow, God, you've given me grace through that time of grief. Lord, you've poured out forgiveness when I didn't deserve it. Lord, you've brought me into friendships and relationships that I never, ever thought could happen. Lord, you've brought me into a marriage relationship. The wonder of still amazes my soul. Lord, you've brought healing and strength and hope where the doctors said there was no hope. Lord, I've seen some children or families turn around that never, ever thought or wondered how it could happen. I hoped it would, but now it's happened. Just take a moment to thank God for the hope in your soul. Just just thank Him right now, because if you thank Him, it grows. It grows. Just thank Him right now, because it grows. The hope grows. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God, let your kingdom flow right now. Lord, that river of hope just overflow every heart, I pray, right now in Jesus' name. Lord, many here in a place of blessing and overflow already. Lord, this will just encourage us to keep sharing it. Others are carrying burdens and pain. And maybe you're saying, wow, I don't even know this amazing Jesus like you're talking about. I don't know this Jesus, his forgiveness. I've heard about him. But something's stirring in your heart. And I need to know this Jesus because I need hope and forgiveness. And I need freedom in my life. Jesus offers that and much more. I'd like to pray for you today. First of all, if you don't know this amazing Jesus or you need to come back to him, God's drawing your heart. Maybe you've never, ever opened your heart to Jesus where you've just got an open, wide heart. You've always kept it close and had to be in control because you didn't want to get hurt anymore and you didn't know how to trust. Today, God says, why don't you just open the heart and I'm going to come and heal you and forgive you. And, and maybe you've done this years before, but it's time to reconnect with this amazing Jesus. I'd like to pray for you right now. If that's you, say, I've never, ever really opened my heart to Jesus. Or I need to come back to him and with all my heart. If that's you, just lift your hand where you are and say, please pray for me, Pastor Ross. Yeah, God bless you. God bless you. Who else right now? Down the back. Oversides. Who else just saying, that's me. That's me. Yeah, I can see that hand. God bless you down the back. Who else saying, that's me. He sees you right now. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I feel his love drawing people all across this place. He's come to give hope into your soul, not just to rescue you out of darkness, but to change you so that you walk free with a life in Christ. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.